Good morning. This is Greg Sestero, author of The Disaster Artist, My Life Inside the Room, the greatest bad movie ever made, and you're listening to Too Much Scrolling. I'll see you in the future. Welcome to Too Much Scrolling for January 16th, 2024. I'm Steve Foder. I'm Chip Hessenflow. We're just a couple of guys sitting around talking about things that are important to us. Hopefully they're important to you. If you need more information, there's so many great ways to find more information. It is January. It is the Midwest. It is cold outside. <laughs> it's cold outside, Steve. Steve, I just want to make sure I'm clear on this. Down in Raleigh, um, as we recorded, we we had frost on the on the ground. I just wanted to tell you, I, happy to hear that. You I had to scrape frost. the, I had to scrape the frost off my car today. Oh, poor chip. <laughs> Steve, I hope you enjoy uh, digging out of that uh, 17, 18 um, inches of snow. It was quite a weekend, my friend. Moving into the the cold of the winter. Film at 11. Brings us to our film at 11, our movie of the week. I did not go to a movie in the middle of this terrible blizzard this weekend, but you got to see the new 20th anniversary new version of the movie Mean Girls in theaters. Yeah, this is a new production. This is not... This is not the previous uh, film that was released. And this is based off the Broadway musical. That was based off Tina Fey's movie, which was based off a different book. That's where we're at, right? Adaptation. We're going to adapt this into that. And we're going to adapt that into that. The musical of the movie of the movie of the musical. Yes, Mean Girls. Have you seen the musical? No, I've mean never Girls? seen this musical of, of this story. All right. So I am so sorry. I, I, we haven't seen this because this is a really strong musical. Okay. So there's great songs in it. Uh, Mean Girls really adapts it so well, real well to a musical. And, uh, you know, it's been a few years. It's still traveling around if you want to, to see it. But uh, this is, um, this was awesome. This was a lot, a lot of fun. This, uh, I saw it opening night. We had a good-sized crowd. It wasn't packed, but it, we had a good-sized crowd. Lots and lots of theater people in there. <laughs> That was because the nicest way you've said that all morning. All of the theater nerds were there celebrating this musical on screen. There was cackling. There was talking to the screen. <laughs> and there was You Go Girl uh, multiple, multiple times. It was a very loud performance from the crowd. So what I mean by that is they enjoyed it. Yeah. They really got into it. And, you know, in Barbie, everything was pink last summer. Mm -hmm. But uh, in Mean Girls, they only wear pink on Wednesday, see? Nice. So I wanted to quickly point out that um, Busy Phillips, uh, who is um, one of the actors in this, she is from Oak Park, Illinois, Steve. Regina George, which was played by Renee Rapp, who absolutely owned this part. She's from Charlotte. And uh, she's got such a great song. It was released um, before the, the movie came out. And they have just beautiful cast in here. And Gloria Rice plays Katie. You have the uh, plastics, which are awesome. 
Jenna Fisher is the mother in this. Also, Tina Fey's in this. Tim Meadows, who is the principal, steals this show. He is constantly, you know, he's he's just got a part that he plays in every movie that he plays, mm -hmm. and it's it's the best. He's he's just he's just a um, as he gets older, the part doesn't change, but he just owns it even more. Right. He and, played this part in the original movie 20 years ago. And Tina Fey, who created this whole story, plays the same part from 20 years ago as well. Did, did, was he in the uh, movie? Yes, sir. I didn't know that. That's the well, original. Well, I, yeah. It's been so long since I've seen the original. So I went in with kind of a, a loose idea of what was going to end up happening. Um, you know, for our generation, Gen X, it was Heather's. Mm -hmm. you know, for but But my kids... They watched Mean Girls. They loved it. And this is, I mean, truly the baby of Tina Fey. And yes. we would all want to have some kind of production that we could always just point to. Tina Fey will always have this, both the original movie and this. We have a little surprise guest. Maybe I won't tell you who it is hmm. um, on it uh, in this movie. And all I can say is 75 out of 100, this is a really, really good film. If you've got teenagers or older who kind of like this, go have fun. It truly is a blast of a show. All right. I look forward to hearing about this for all of the, the next 20 years of my theater nerds seeing musicals on screen. You also got a chance to see the animated film from Japan, The Boy and the Heron. So this won the Golden Globe Best Animation last week. And so it came out, I don't know, about a month or so ago. I, it's been on my list to kind of watch, but every time I get there... Something else is playing, and I'll just kind of see what that is. There's a whole list of those uh, movies. If I could have one criticism of the Alamo Draft House, they didn't put in The Boys in the Boat, uh, which was a George Clooney um, film. Okay. And I really would have liked to see that, but it's not playing anywhere here. Hmm. Um, anyway, it's too bad. Anyway, I get to see The Boy and the Heron. This is an animation uh, film from Japan. From Miyazaki, and, this is this is very famous animation. It's in a style very similar to what we've seen from other Miyazaki films. So, if we had to describe American uh, animation, you know, maybe you would say Disney princess movies. Okay. Maybe you would say bombastic, loud, obnoxious type of films with mm -hmm. fart jokes and any number of things, right? Correct. Um, yeah, this is not this film. This is very much of a different culture mm -hmm. and the beauty of it is to go in and experience it as a person viewing another culture japanese this is a very very quiet film and while there's action in it and there is a story it it it's a build um it is a slow build it is a quiet movie it's 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 a good story mm. Uh, I enjoyed looking at it. I mean, it's like a throwback from movies that were made a long time ago. But even those movies from the 80s and the 70s and stuff, I still think were kind of a faster pace than this film. So if you have a young child who is, you know, all into the the DreamWorks and, and um, Shrek and Minions and stuff like that, <laughs> 
you know, it's it's a we're going to be a real shock for them. Yeah. But don't uh, underestimate the the power of this film. Hmm. This is an adventure. It's a boy. He goes back into time, Steve. Oh, my goodness. What? Uh, into a different dimension. And uh, he gets to go on his journey. Yeah, 60 out of 100 for okay. this one. Nice. If you wanted to compare it to Spider-Man, the movie that came out last year, um, that was you know into the multiverse. Mm-hmm. Um, I felt that was much stronger. If I remember correctly, I think I said seventy out of a hundred for was, that one. It was a so great I, film. I, this one is different. This one is contemplative and giving you something other than that bombastic "everything's coming at you" kind of story. If I compared it to Godzilla minus one, mm. so Godzilla minus one took place during uh, the aftermath of World War Two. Okay, this this story looks like it takes place during World War II. Mm. Like, Dad has to leave the big city. He's going out to run a factory out in the country. There's a mysterious, uh, I don't know, building there. Let's learn a little bit about it. Uh, and they're building airplane parts. They're building the um, that uh, glass part that fits over where, where the cockpit is in the airplane. So anyway, fascinating. And they're driving a Datsun. You remember Datsun? Yeah, the name now is Nissan. Okay, there you go. Book it, book it, book it. Book it, book it, book it. Book it. Book it. Brings us to our book at our book of the week. It is still January. We're still working on ourselves. We're still trying to find ways to be better. You have a book this week talking about how focus matters on just about everything. The book is called The One Thing, The Surprisingly Simple Truth About Extraordinary Results. It's written by Gary Keller and Jay Papison. Absolutely. And and we I first became aware of this book five years ago when I was teaching leadership down in um, Orlando during spring break when all the university kids would come in. And one of my good friends, Troy Jasper, would give a talk during those presentations. And he used this book as the foundation for what he presents. Now, Troy is a superstar real estate kind of guy. He travels all over the United States giving talks on how to be um, more successful, how to focus your business, how to get what you want out of life. And this, once again, this book is the foundation of that. And he suggested it. So I immediately took this book up and put it on my to read list. And five years later, you know, I, I guess I got to it. Got to it the- could have helped me for five years ago, Steve, but why not Why not do it now? Yeah. <laughs> so what's the general concept of the one thing? We are living in a world where you could be scattered in a thousand directions. And a lot of people say things like, I need more balance in my life. And I need this and I need that. And I feel so scattered. Social media makes you feel, you know, however it makes you feel. Mm-hmm. Deep, deep down, if you focus on the one thing that really mattered every single day, the one thing that really matters, you know, for me, it would be uh, finding a way to uh, for production. Okay. So going to, you know, I want to find new clients. For you, it could be I need to have this 
taught to these children so they understand it. Mm -hmm. You know, whatever that lesson is of that day. For someone else, it could be anything else. It could be for a person who's really struggling. It could be just, I, I got out of bed today. Yeah. For a person who wants to get in shape, maybe it's I, I walked around the block. For the person who needs to become an Olympic swimmer, maybe it's I, I swam for the six hours I needed to swim for today. You know, it, it, I can't tell you what that one thing is that you need to get done that makes you feel successful, that moves you closer to the goal that you have. But if you can identify what those things are, what that thing is, then what you can do is you can focus on it and you can increase the, the likelihood of what your long-term goals would end up happening. So a lot of people get up, they put together these big, long to-do lists it provides anxiety. It's it's a list of things that may or may not help with the ultimate result that you're looking for. Mm -hmm. They're just busy work. And um, he's saying, just get rid of the busy work. Get rid of it. Go down to that one thing. Okay. And so we start off learning a little bit about how he came to realize this. Most of us come to realize it the same way. You are smart enough. You seem to be produced. You seem busy, but you know you're working too hard. You're not achieving something that you you think is important. You're not reaching some goal. Maybe you, maybe you're successful enough, but not breaking through that next layer area. And you know maybe we well, need a coach to kind of get you through that. But maybe you just need focus on getting rid of so many things that just cloud your day, and. Anyway, that, that's where I, I came from it. The next part is kind of putting together strategies on how that, that works. So there's an example that is used that uh, Jay Seinfeld was asked at one time how to become a great comedian. Hmm. And Jerry Seinfeld has a calendar. And it's a paper calendar. And every day he writes a joke. And he writes a joke, and on the calendar, on that day, he puts a big red X. And tomorrow, he's going to write a joke, and he's going to write a big X on the next day. He does one joke a day, okay? And over the course of a year, 52 weeks, 365 days, he's got 365 jokes. Now, I'll let you on the secret. They're not all winners. Right. But there's got to be something in there that's better than the next thing. And what he's able to do is to build a body of work. So for you to deep to, keep, to go deep down to discover what your one thing is, that's a big deal. Being a little focused, finding a little bit of, you know, how am I going to to get to that greatness? It it's a little tiny step sometimes. And my business, we, I talk about this with clients all the time. I say, you know, you can achieve so much of your life, but everybody's got resources. But deep down, you've got to kind of fo you focus on what you value. You don't have to live your neighbor's life. You don't have to live your family's life. You have to live your life. And if you like going to baseball games, then that should be a focus of yours. Mm -hmm. But if you like fishing, go fishing. There's no wrong answer here. If you like spending time with, you know, doing some activity, like, I don't know, a podcast or something, mm -hmm. let's focus some time on it. Yep. Because, you know, before you know it, Steve, you got like 10 years worth of material. 
Well, happy and some and, and some of it's better than others. Oh boy, oh boy, some episodes are better than others, my friend. Yes, sir. <laughs> and sometimes it's because of that focus. Sometimes we have better focus, and we're able to just focus on one thing, not all of that other noise that comes at us. And there's your 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 wisdom right there is to knock out the noise, mm -hmm. to get rid of the noise and focus on the things that, that mean something. So you can divide it up into, you know, things like spiritual things, health things, professional life, personal life, and then focus your efforts on the one thing that matters during that period of time. And at the end of the, the your life, you will wake up and hopefully you've accomplished a lot of the things that you set out to do. Mm -hmm. And um, maybe you've broken through some areas that have limited you. Maybe you've, you've moved through it. If you can go through this book, and I think that most people would go through it and find some inspiration on it. This is actually, most self-health books are like, oh, that's pretty interesting. This one is very, very useful. But once you get through it, then you're going to, to figure out, oh, I've, how do I accomplish that? And that's where maybe you determine whether you need some, maybe some therapy mm. or maybe you need a coach or some help of some sort. Maybe, maybe you can't do it on your own. Maybe you need a team of people to get to that next level. One of the questions I ask, you know, so asked to me all the time is how would you desi design a business? Well, the, the best design businesses is when you are the least important part of it. Mm-hmm. You have delegated, taken away the risk of everything that you can, um, and you got down to the heart of what you're trying to accomplish. And if for some reason they, I don't know, buried you in a hole, um, that it would still run without you. Mm -hmm. And that that's a lot of people say, no, no, I need to be the most important part of it. Yep. Well, that's a young person's game. That is, that's a young person's fallacy, that they have to know everything, they have to be uh, hand their hand on everything. Oh, no, no, no. The wisdom comes when you've designed it so the machine works without you. That is that control piece that we talk about all the time in all sorts of parts of our lives, especially in something like production, where I'm putting on a musical, I am hopefully the least important part of that production. The production needs to have everybody focused on their piece of the puzzle to make it all come together. You're, as, as a leader of say, using that as our example, your goal is to make sure the team can work together. Yep. If everyone focuses on their part of the puzzle, I'm in charge of the, these lights. I'm in charge of this sound. Mm -hmm. I'm in charge of this instrument. I, this is my song to sing. I am to support this moment and the play. Yep. Then you, you've just described you know, where leadership comes in to help. How to find success with a team, with leadership. You still need leadership there, but sure. leadership needs to understand that leadership is not control and giving up control, understanding your team, focusing on the one thing. That's pretty amazing. Well, I, I can tell you that there are a lot of people, myself included, that you know, we're almost like at a COVID fog or a hangover from COVID and we still haven't 
you know, we, we are functioning in society, but we're not, we haven't woken up from the, the, the two years that were kind of robbed from us. And so I think that many of us, you know, have any part of life and you just need a reminder that you control some of it. And a lot of it is just some activity and focused activity and focusing on that one thing may be the answer. So I want to thank Troy for doing this. You can look up Troy Jester online, but I also, this book is fantastic and a recommendation to any, any person who is, would like to know how to be a better you. The next steps for 2024, being a better you. That's awesome. That's the one thing, the surprisingly simple truth about extraordinary results by Gary Keller and Jay Papasan. Scroll with it. Brings us to our scroll with it. There's plenty of things happening in the world. Uh, what's uh, what's what's happening in innovative technology this week, Chip? Well, Apple just announced their um, Apple Vision Pro yes. will be available on February 2nd. And just so you know, that's, that's Groundhog Day, Steve. <laughs> so it'll happen over and over again? Is that what you're trying to say? It, it could happen over and over again, Steve. In, it could be one infinite loop. <laughs> in my class, Innovative Technology, we've been talking about Apple this week and talking about how they haven't had an innovation for a long, long time. They've just been iterative, making the next iPhone very much like the last iPhone. The Apple Vision Pro, this AR, augmented reality, computing, the spatial computing might be the future of technology. It is. It is quite pricey, Steve. Yeah. I won't be joining that that group um, immediately. That but you is can the see... other conversation that we've been having in class is, is we can't afford the bleeding edge of technology, but this might be the spark that starts something else in motion for sure. Well, Meta's been doing this for a few years. They've certainly had some... Mm -hmm. Correct. Apple typically takes weights around and then actually makes it useful. Mm -hmm. So the question is, for those people who do pick this up, will they find this AR world, working through AR, mm -hmm. will they find it useful? Anyway, we're going to find out February 2nd when the first of the product is shipped. We'll find out who uses it. We'll find out what kind of magic comes from it. Who knows? Maybe in a year or two, we'll all have these. I, it is quite possible. It's quite possible that this will change the world like a lot of Apple products have changed the world in the past. You can change your life this year. We've been talking about this a lot in January. A better New Year's resolution, secure your passwords. You saw an article from the Wall Street Journal this week. Absolutely. And this is something, I mean, if you've watched the news, La uh, LastPass has been compromised a number of times. Uh, it is important to be able to have a um, password manager, though. Mm -hmm. And there are plenty of alternatives out there. We seem to be at the tail end of where passwords will be our, our only way of of bringing things through. We have two-factor and, and um, well, it just seems like that there's going to be a lot of changes over the next uh, year or so mm -hmm. on how we log in to secure information. Yeah, we've got pass keys. We've got two-factor authentication where you are part of the conversation. You know your password, but you need to have something to prove your secure identity. 
passwords are important in 2024 and security is important and making sure that you have control over your information is vital. There are modern tools out there. You should be using them. Mm -hmm. Don't rely on the old tools. And that's that's basically what, what our, our um, suggestion is there. Steve, I, I, I wanted to also mention that um, when they ask you if you're a robot, you know, you don't have to say that you're a robot. I'm thinking of the John Mulaney joke. Okay. Ah, I am not a robot. <laughs> have I ever told you the story of the day I was in class and we were all, all of my students were all going to the same website and they all had to confirm that they were not a robot. And the one young boy in the back raised his hand and, and had this look on his face. And he says, Mr. Fodor, it says that it doesn't believe me. And I walked up to him and I said, we've been meaning to tell you for a while. I'm sorry. You Steven are Spielberg had a that's right. Steven Spielberg had a movie about you. <laughs> Confirming your humanity. Here you go. <laughs> Steve, I just want to, to point out that if you were a chancellor at the University of Wisconsin-La Crosse, um, and you were forced to leave your position because of uh, maybe you were running a, um, uh, a sex-positive website on Twitter. I don't know. Um, that maybe there's some some opportunities there for young entrepreneurs, Steve. Young entrepreneurs of 2024, take note. If you have a sex scandal, you can make your own beer and try to, to reserve your dignity that way. That's right. You know, if you're not making porn videos as a chancellor, you can have your you can take maybe, your beer, maybe which is uh, from six. <laughs> 608 Brewery Company. It's called Hot for Chancellor. And uh, it's the chancellor running with his um, with his uh, robe on, Steve, without any clothes on. And uh, it is a fruity blend of beer. And uh, anyway, you can buy it up in Milwaukee. Hot for Chancellor. That's the name of the beer, Steve. If you have a job in Wisconsin, maybe beer is the answer. It reminds me of Pat McCurdy's song, Sex and Beer. Uh, Pat McCurdy, uh, of course, is a, a jolly singer from Wisconsin who travels all around the Chicago area, along with many of the college towns in the Midwest. And one of his songs is called Sex and Beer. There you go. There's, there's, there's a connection between those things uh, a lot. <laughs> I don't know, Chip. I think we have enough information to survive another week. What do you think? Only if we can come back next week, Steve. I think we can. We would love to hear from you. How's it going with you? Give us a call or text. Our phone number is 805-4104-TMS. Our website is toomuchscrolling.com. Our email is toomuchscrolling at gmail.com. We're on all the social media sites. We're on Spotify. We're on Apple Podcasts and YouTube. And you can always ask your smart speaker to play the latest episode of Too Much Scrolling. I want to thank you again for listening to Too Much Scrolling. I'm Steve Fodor. I'm Chip Hessenflom. We'll see you in the future. <laughs>